0: Hey guys, this is Jay here from Gym Aware. Really hope you're enjoying Coach Mayer's podcast series so far. Here at Gym Aware, we've just released our brand new BBT product, Flex. Um, so I just want to give you a bit of insight into what it is and how it could help you as a coach or athlete. Flex uses brand new laser optic technology to measure barbell velocity. So like Gym Aware, it's highly accurate. The device connects straight to your iPhone or iPad. We've had an independent validation study to confirm that Flex is highly accurate. We have loads of awesome features already and our experience development team continues to work on software updates each and every day. Key performance metrics are available including both peak and mean velocity, peak and mean power, distance, bar position and bar path. If you guys want any more information on flex, velocity based training, just be sure to reach out, go to our website, check us out on socials as well. But for now we hope you enjoy the rest of Coach DeMayo's podcast.
1: The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, What about cutting-edge information, or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 92nd episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper in the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the assistant strength and conditioning coach at Georgia State University, Vinny Colotti. Vinny, man, thanks for being with us, brother.
2: Thanks for having me again, man. It's always, always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, man. It's good to catch up. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad things are good down there in the A. But before we get to going too far, brother,
2: who is Vinny? Hey, man. You know, it's, I'm, one thing that I actually, you know, we had our little talk before this. Uh, I kind of wish my beard was a little bit more cleaned up like yours. Mine's all, you know, I got the I got the mask beard right now. But, hey man, I'm a blue collar guy. You know, I like to, you know, decompress when I need to. You know, I'm just there's really nothing much to me except for you know I'm a, I I love to help people. I love to help my players, family, friends. I'm always kind of a phone call away to everybody. Uh, being away from home for now seven years you know um, made me realize even more how much important family is to me but being home this past week I got married uh, made me remember you know the roots that I that I come from and everyone kind of makes fun of me because you know I come from the city and I love like the just the gritty smelly gasoline filled air and like dead dead trees and there's only three trees on the road but they don't even they haven't had leaves for 20 years and it just doesn't look like a nice place. And I feel like, you know, that's, that that's me. Like, I'm just, I'm a gritty dude. You know, I, I, I care about my, I care about my, my family. And that first and foremost is, is, is everything to me, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think that the gritty dude, there's a lot of good to that. You know, the, the people that have had to, to go through it a bit to understand that there's a lot of good even in those dead trees.
2: Oh yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel like you build character when you go through things. Uh, I think that's when your character really flourishes. Uh, And by no means was my, you know, upbringing, you know, some of the, some, some horror stories or anything like that. But, you know, when you have to, when you grow up in a blue collar city with, with a blue collar family and, you know, you got to manage things, you got to budget things, you know, unforeseen things happen, whether it's, you know, friends that have passed away from circumstances that you just can't fathom or understand because they're just, you know, it's it's all of a sudden, uh, you know, and then you see, you know, financial struggles from your family, you see friends struggle, you know, I think when you go through those types of events in life, it's it's really hard to build thickness of skin in my opinion in any other way like we get a chance i i I love the idea of like people say that you know you know we're grinders and our profession you know we we do this We work 16 hour days yes we do you know we we work those long hours we ain't construction workers we're not union workers we're not working for the t you know we're not you know doing these hard manual labor jobs that they're doing for 12 to 14 hours like we come to work like this. We each got a t-shirt on, we got shorts on. We're able to talk in the middle of the day when, you know, some of us start our day at 6 a.m. Well, those dudes start their day at 4 a.m. And that means they're getting up at three, they're getting to the work site at four, you know. So it's, you know, I, I think sometimes we overhype, you know, the grittiness of our field and we, you know, don't give credit to, you know, some events that might have happened in some previous life where you know guys have had a men or women have had a battle through things and you know our job is not as hard as we perceive it to be at times
1: i think that that's probably one of the best lines i've heard man is i think that a lot of the time we really do like to uh i don't even know what the word is like exaggerate but like more like make it like it's like a hero status oh yeah with, with all of that and it's you know and i'm sure that you know the younger kids in the in the game that hear me talk about these things all the time i'm sure that this gets old but you know i think that that's something that you need to be in it for a while to actually understand what that means and you've need to have gone through some things when it comes to understanding like the, the truth and the reality of the situation
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is why i'm pretty stoked to hear number one bro because i think that from going through the stops you've been to and and, and as your career has gone with some of the great mentors you've had i'm sure you've had a few of these if you wouldn't mind describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany
2: in your career so uh the one that kind of really stuck out to me more than anything uh you know i've like like you said i've been blessed to work for you know some some great coaches and meet some great coaches and uh this coach he's not you know i wouldn't call him a mentor of mine I would, i'd i'd call him a friend you know we when we see each other we you know we have good conversations you know we'll have a beer we'll hang out and talk shop but about seven years ago uh, perform better seminar in Rhode Island, a really good one if you're in New England or if you're going to travel to New England, they usually have it in, in, in June. Great seminar put on by, um, by them was Todd Wright first talked about the foot. And I only say that it's the biggest epiphany for me is because the sport I work in is basketball. The sport we work in is basketball. And everything that we see and do, you know, our biggest injuries that occur most often have to do with the foot, have to do with the ankle and how he broke it down, you know, from the mechanics of the foot and you know, you don't really you don't really think about, you know, those small ligaments and muscles of that happen in that area because you're constantly worried about the glutes and you're worried about hamstrings, you're worried about quads, you're worried about thoracic rotation. You're basically worried about everything from the knee up and i feel like the last 7 years people have been really paying attention to the ankle and the foot and it's probably been even more so the last 2 years because of all the information that that has come out and it's really it really kind of like put a light bulb on me because not to say there's always every every injury is a little different if you have You know, a knee issue, you know, even though you might have quad tendonitis, it might be different from someone else's, even though it is the same injury, the mechanisms could be different, but every single time I have to get a kid back from some type of, whether it's an overuse or a pattern is not working well, I always go to the foot first. I always retest. I'll do something with the foot, whether it's the big toe, whether it's just foot mechanics, short foot. For some reason, every time I do something with the foot, every single time, I always get a result. I always get a positive result. Sometimes it's less than others, but I always get some type of change. And to me, that's like, okay, you know, you use that old saying of, you know, you got trees grow, trees grow from the ground up. Well, our bodies is the same way if we don't fix those mechanics in the foot, it doesn't matter the mobility drills, it doesn't matter the mechanic drills, unless you get your, your 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 foot mechanics on point, you're still going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. You might have fixed it, you might have fixed rotation in, in, in the T-spine, but if you're ru- if you're jogging or running with excessive rotation, you know, is that because you don't have good quality? foot mechanics, is that because you don't have good dorsiflexion? Is that because you can't pronate when you're trying to explode? Like a lot of that for me opened my eyes because like, I'm doing all this rotation and yes, I feel good, but then eventually it stops. And then we look, and then he taught me in one of his talks, and I'm pretty sure it's probably still live somewhere. If not, it's definitely on YouTube. You know, when you really look at those mechanics you really see how it works unless you fix that problem. You're just putting a bandaid on it, you know? And to me, that has been the biggest game changer when it comes to even building strength and getting them, you know, our whole, we had recently talked, our whole early off-season program, I have our guys for three weeks, everything is done barefoot. Everything is done without the shoes, socks can stay on, but everything is done without shoes or anything like that. We go barefoot because we don't really use those muscles. When you think about when you, injure your hand, you got to strengthen those fingers and you do things like that. Well, why is it that if we have an issue with our foot, we put a heel lift in it? The body was made in a certain way. So if you have a high of an arch, it was probably for a reason. So is there something that we can do to kind of get you to pronate better? Because the muscles can still do it. It's not like it can't. It's just a matter of it was made in a different way, but we put arches on there or, and then we wear sneakers all the time. So all those sensory neurons on the bottom of the foot are not as active because they're dulled out. You see all these sneakers, they're like an inch and a half thick. And we can't figure out why, when we wear like minimus shoes or shoes that have very little cushion or if you go barefoot, we can't figure out why that's harder. It's harder because you're using those smaller muscles and they're not used to be using. You're not pushing against a cushion. So to, that was the biggest epiphany. Um, and it's hard to differentiate because you know learning so much from Coach Boyle, learning a ton from Coach Harris, Coach Williams, Coach Connors, you know, Coach Melton, who shout out to Coach Charlie, national championship, couldn't happen to a better coach uh, with all he's done there. Like I've learned from all these great people, but hearing Todd explain the foot and why it was important seven years ago. And I'm like, I've had a lot of ankle injuries, you know, in high school and in college. And I'm like, you know what? There is something to what he's saying, do more research. And it just kind of like really piqued my curiosity. And now it's crazy. Cause now the last two years, it's like, everyone talks about the foot. Before, oh no, it's, you know, it's whatever. Last two years, somebody who's you know blue checked, or somebody who's you know a lot more, you know, in, in, in the in the public view, says something about the foot, and now everybody's like, "Oh yeah, the foot, man. The foot's that's the real important thing." It's like, yeah, we there's a lot of people that have been talking about this for a little, for years, but because they don't have a social media presence, it didn't really catch fire. So, yup, and it's.
1: I think what's crazy with that is like, is two parts. It's really important to have your kind of go-to starting point. Like with some people, it's the opposite, right? With some people, they're going to look at breathing. With some people, they're going to look at core function or how you brace and all of this stuff, like Christine just spoke about. But I'm with you, man. Like one of my first things is get them out of their sneakers, roll through the warm up, start lifting without them. And I don't know what it is, but for a lot of them, it does a lot of really good things. Yeah. Now, it's not a cure all, no. it's not a fix for everything. So everybody's sitting here with your your the outliers or your specific situations that are like that's all bs because of this one specific thing well thanks um congratulations you found an outlier it's the same thing when people say like we were talking earlier it's like trying to to say you need to do things like lebron like it's an outlier Mm -hmm. the the n of ones are n of ones Mm -hmm. but if you don't have that place where you're going to start there's no way to be able to find out what the final destination is.
2: It's, a, it's it's just one piece of the puzzle. And you know, PRI is, it does a great job. I love, P, like I do a lot of breathing mechanics. FRC is great. I've done FRC for, since they kind of started becoming big. When I was at BU, that was about five, six years ago. And then, and then they blew up. Um, Coach Bishop, Alan Bishop at Houston put out a question I forget what the overall question was. And and it was like two weeks ago and everyone, it had more to do with like mobility and things like that. Oh, no, it had more to do with like, you know, things in strength and conditioning that sometimes we talk about in absolutes. And, you know, we talk about, oh, you know, someone's so-and-so's hips are tight. So-and-so's this is tighter, it's immobile. And then you mentioned core functioning more times than not. It's a core functioning issue. It's not really that someone's tightening their hips. It's not really, you know, and more times than not, it's, you know, from a nervous system, they don't know how to properly engage, create tension, exude force. So that's what creates a, someone who's has lacking mobility. Um, but it's like you said, you know, I, for me, I always start at the foot. If, if you know, people want to know where I go from there, I go foot breathing cat and then capsule work foot breathing core ca- and then capsule work I, I kind of count core and ca- capsule work in, in the same because with doing cat capsule work you're gonna have to engage you're gonna have to increase tension when you want to make a change in mobility you know you can do all these fancy stretches and this and that but unless you actually apply force ain't nothing going to change you know, it's the old saying, a pressure cuts diamonds. It happens because of force that happens on that rock. If you want to create a change in a joint, if you want to create muscle change, if you want to increase muscle, you have to apply the, the needed force for that adaptation. Um, but, you know, for me, it's my starting point. It's, it's where I always go. Um, and then it's like I said, you know, I always get some result, whether it's dramatic or whether it's just a little bit. And then I know like, okay, I got a little bit there. I did what I needed to do. Now I'm gonna move on. It's never the end all be all. I don't think there's any absolute or end all be all statement in our profession whatsoever. There is a million ways to skin a cat. We've heard that from the beginning of time. You know, like you said, some situations are better than others. You might find an outlier where, you know, I did all this big toe work and nothing happened. Okay, I've done a ton of core work, I've done a ton of breathing work and sometimes things didn't happen because that wasn't what was needed in that scenario.
1: Yeah, and in order to be able to find out or to come to those conclusions, you've gotta be inquisitive enough to continue to ask questions and continue to dig and to continue to, to not be okay with just being okay. mm mm-hmm. So that brings us to number two, buddy. If Vinny could ask one question and
2: he knows he's going to get the answer to it, what would that question be and why? So from a strength and conditioning standpoint, and I think we all kind of know, would like to know, what is the utmost optimal way to train an athlete? Like if there was a blanket program, what is the most optimal way? What is it? Now, is it a combination of modalities? Is it a combination of VBT? Is it a combination of uh, concurrent training systems conjugate? You know, Is it just one system? Because in every single research paper that we have seen, we see positives for undulating that say this is the best, but then we also see other papers that say, no, it's not the best linear is. No, it's not the best conjugate is. VBT is good if you have this prerequisite. Conjugate is good if you have this, but. You know, there's always, and if, like we just said, there is always a situation where it might not be optimal. I would love to know what is the most optimal one we can do at all times with everything. Um, Maybe I can stop reading books if someone just told me that, Um, because, you know, I don't know about a lot of coaches out there. I use a multitude of programs to work with my guys some guys do auto regulation because that's what they're on some guys do more tempo work than others some guys are undulating you know for me I think in the in the sport of basketball I like undulating better uh, mainly because coaches sport coaches and we've all had them they're up and down undulating allows you that flexibility because if you know they're going to be up and down it allows you that already implanted in the periodization and I know that's a topic that, all oh, periodization is a waste of time. I still think it's, no, there's periodization and then there's having, and to me that means having a plan. Will I divert from the plan? Yes, but I'm, my goal is still the same. My goal might still be strength speed on that day. It might be strength on that day. It might, it might be speed strength. I'm going to plan for it. Um, I still use the word periodization. I know other people like to say planning, but to me, they're two doing the same. And then my other answer would be for life. You know, I would love to know what is the absolute key to happiness. You know, someone growing, up, you know, for how I grew up, you know, money was always something that we needed more of. Um, so you know, some people would say, you know, having a lot of money would be happy. And then you might talk to somebody who has a lot of money, and they say, you know, I have a lot of money, but because I did the things I needed to do because I worked extra hours and i was dedicated to my profession to my business you know i don't have the relationships that i wish i had from somebody else so what is that balance you know is there an optimal number like if you told me hey man you can make i don't know you can make 150k and have x amount of you know social relationships family kids this is the optimal number the optimal number is Two kids, one fifty uh, k, three hundred fifty thousand dollar house, whatever that number, is, whatever that scenario is. Someone told me this is the scenario where you are going to be optimally happy. You'll be able to have time with your kids, with your wife. You'll be able to travel. To me, that's what I love to know. You know what is what is the key to happiness? What is the optimal scenario for me to be happy? The last one's gonna be hard to answer, man. Yeah. I dig it though. Ain't nobody going to know. No, not at I all. Think that's what we all want to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't nobody want to wake up and be pissed off all day. Like that's, that's just not a way to live. And there's levels to happiness. There's everyone has a different approach of what they feel is happy, whether it's again, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, you know, I don't think people get into our profession. You know, we it's, you know, that topic, you don't get into strength and conditioning for the money because there isn't a lot of money in it. Like you do have to have, um, you do have to have a love for what we do, but that doesn't mean we don't wanna make more money. That doesn't mean we don't enjoy when we, when, you know to get paid for what we feel our services are deserving of. It just means that, hey man, in the, in, in the beginning, with the masters, you're probably gonna start at 40 and you can work your way up and you can make crazy money like like some of the guys do in our profession in football, basketball, baseball, and even some, some hockey strength coaches. Like you could, it's not, it's not to say that you can't make that money. It's not to say that you can't do stuff on the side and do what you're doing and not, and, and, you know, impacting the next generation and the generation that, that, that we live in. And that's going to bring forth some, some more revenue speaking engagements. Like there's always ways, like to me, it's, there's always ways to make more money. Uh, It's just, you know, when we get into this, it's knowing like, Hey, it's going to, it's going to take some time. It's whether or not you have the patience to do it. And you have the love for what you do because it's like our last conversation. You know, you don't have experience. I'm not paying you 70 grand if you don't have experience just because you have a degree. There's a lot of people who have a degree. There's a lot of people who can go to school and can cheat in class and can find ways to get good grades. That don't mean that they're the greatest at what they do. Experience gets you there. So to me, that's just, you know, how it goes. I dig it, man. And I I couldn't agree more with all of that. And I think though,
1: one thing about what we do is that you've got to have some blue collar to you. You've got to be willing to work and you've got to be willing to put some other things on the back burner to make sure that you're able to take care of everything that is required to do what we do. But I think that one thing as we start becoming closer and closer to being the old heads in the field, we've learned is you got to have an escape and a way to get
2: back to neutral too. Oh, yeah. So what's Vinny's escape, bro? That's crazy, man. Cause I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm going into my ninth season of college athletics. And I, and I, I couldn't even fathom that I would even get to this point. Um, when I first started, I mean, everybody knew, whether you want to admit it or not, everybody knows who Jay DeMeo is 10 years ago. They know him even more now because of just what you do for our field. It is widely known, widely respected. And, you know, I think this goes without saying. We all thank you for all the stuff that you do because, again, this is on your own personal time. This is not something you have to do. And, you know, I, I would hope that, you know, this type of work that you do gives you some grat- gratification knowing that you're impacting everybody else. Um, for me, I love the hoop, man. And when I was at Boston University, you know, we played noon ball three, four times a week. And, you know, it was a blast. You know, obviously when the season's on, you know, you don't play as much. You might play once, maybe twice a week. But once the season was over, it was like three, four times, whether it was, you know, I was the only strength coach that played. And then it was, you know, the basketball staffs. We got the old heads over there that are 50, 60 years old, that are not playing defense, that just sitting on the offense side, just shooting threes because they, they no matter how old they get, they're not going to lose that jumper. You know, ECU um, was great. You know, shout out to my guy, Davon Gordon. He's at University of Pittsburgh. He works with football. You know, me and him had some battles going back and forth. We probably played two, three times a week. And then now coming here at Georgia State, same thing. You know, we got, you know, i wear wear—I—I I play with, you know, our head strength and conditioning coach, J.D. Melhorn. Um, we got a bona fide lottery pick on staff coach Jarvis Hayes. who's, who's across the hall from me, who, you know, anytime you want to really go back down to earth, you know, you don't really got to do it with him to kind of realize like, yeah, this is, that's what a pro looks like, you know, regardless of you know how many years he's been out of the game. So it's just always been, it's always been fun, man. You know, I've, it's, I've always loved playing basketball, you know, the, the hoops just got up in, uh, in, in Atlanta. And so I went down there. The, I've, gone down gone down, gone down there now three times and it's been hoping for about a week and a half. It's just fun, man. It's just, you know, you talk a little smack, you have fun doing it. You know, it's just, it's not work. You know, even though like we all say, like we love what we do, it's not, it doesn't feel like work. You know, at times it does just because, you know, there's, you know, other stressors that we have to deal with at the end of the day. We do deal with 18 to 22, 23 year old kids and they ain't exactly the easiest people to, communicate with when you're trying to, you know, make sure they're not making the mistakes that that you made. So that does get frustrating at times when you, when you have your, your outlet. And like I said, for me, it's basketball. It's just, it's fun, man. It's just something just to kind of take you away. You, You feel like a kid again. For me, it's just, you know, bringing me back to when I used to play when I was a kid and playing for hours on end, I can't do that. I can't play for hours on end anymore without, you know, jumping on, Going into work the next day and telling my AT, hey, I need to go in the normal for about 40 minutes because I played for two hours uh, last night. But, you know, it just it brings you back to when things were pure for me.
1: That's awesome, man. I think there's something to that, that purity of
2: just playing the game and, yeah. you know, having fun with it. Oh, yeah. So, and it's always good. It's always good when you get to play with people who are competitive and they like to play the game. And I've been lucky enough that. You know, everywhere I've gone, there's always at least one guy that's like, nah, man, come on, let's go hoot. But, uh nah, so, you know, shout out to everybody at BU that I played with, Dave on at ECU, who's at Pittsburgh now, and JD, who's who's my coworker here. That's
1: awesome, brother.
2: Vinny, as always,
1: man, it's great to see you. It's great to catch up. I truly appreciate your time. This is fantastic, buddy. Thanks,
2: big dog. Appreciate you having me, man. It's always a blast. Yeah, man. Well, we'll be in touch really soon, pal. Cheers. Thank you. Appreciate it.